0: To Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than thirty books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us, Jim Paris here. The website is ChristianMoney.com if you want to follow me during the week. And uh, probably the best place to keep up with me on social media is on my Facebook. And my personal Facebook is now full. You can only have 5,000 friends. Not saying I'm a big deal or anything. <laughs> I love that from that Will Ferrell movie. Anyway, Anchorman. Man. Uh, anyway, I've got the 5,000 friends, so I can't have any more friends on Facebook, but I do have a couple of other pages there that you can follow me on. One is, uh, the name is christianmoney.com. And then the other one is the name of my book, how to pray for a financial miracle. I kind of duplicate my posts on those two pages. So those are a couple of other places you can follow me as well. I did mention this uh, regarding social media. I did mention this on my Facebook feed that if, Elon Musk does, in fact, buy Twitter, um, I think I am going to make a much bigger commitment to Twitter because uh, I'm looking for a platform that I don't have to worry so much about what I post. And a lot of you know that I was recently banned from YouTube. uh, So uh, and, and it was somewhat of a mystery because they don't really tell you exactly why. They just tell you that you violated their terms of service. They don't even tell you what video was the reason and they just take it down. So um, I'm sometimes a little bit cautious about what I post to my Facebook feed because you just never know what you are or are not allowed to comment on and have an opinion on. And uh, opinions are now really not not allowed anymore. So there's going to be sort of one mainline opinion. And if you have a different opinion, uh, it's considered misinformation. And so you'll get banned from social media. And I wish I could say, I don't care because I could just start my own social media or go to one of the alternative ones that nobody uses. But uh, there really are about eight companies that control the Internet. And it's pretty tough if you get you know banned from one of those. So uh, in any case, I am really interested to see what Elon Musk um, is is going to do with the Twitter deal. It looks like it's going to go through and he seems like a fair guy that will take away a lot of the restrictions, allowing people to be able to share their opinions even if they're conservative, even if they're Christian, Uh, a really great week this past week that I had, the weather is getting so nice here in Florida. It's kind of my favorite time of the year. So in the mornings it gets a little bit chilly. It's down in the sixties. So I've got my cycling gear. A lot of you that follow me online know that I do about 18 miles every morning on my bicycle. And so I just bought some winter, uh, bicycling clothes. So uh, I'm going to continue to cycle through the winter. Last year, I took the winter off a couple of months off, but I'm going to stay with it uh, this winter. So I'm really excited to uh, you know, have all the clothes I need to be able to uh, cycle. And then in the afternoons, um, instead of it being almost 100 degrees <laughs> like it was in the summer, it's uh, only like in the 80s, low 80s, and sometimes uh, just in the high 70s. So it's getting to be that time of year that I really love it in Florida. And last night, I went with a friend to one of my all-time favorite places to eat dinner, and it is the Chart House restaurant. Now that is a chain. There are Chart House locations around the country. I don't know how many there are. Maybe a couple dozen. It's not uh, prolific, you know. It, it's it's a nice place, and a lot of people haven't heard of it, uh, but they do have uh, maybe a couple dozen locations. And I went to the one in Daytona Beach, and I was surprised to find out it's right there on the water, on the Intracoastal Waterway. I was surprised to find out from our waiter that they actually had no damage not even any flooding in their lower level, which he said sometimes they get just from a thunderstorm. They kind of made it through with, without any damage at all. And that's kind of the mystery of this most recent hurricane, Hurricane Ian, which is that some people didn't get anything from it. And then maybe just a block away, uh, you know, people had severe damage. So it, you just don't know. And right here in, in where I am on the East coast of, of Florida, Florida, Um, We didn't have a lot where we are, but then just up the road in St. Augustine, they did have a lot of flooding. And then down to New Smyrna Smyrna Beach area, they showed some videos in church today that people in New Smyrna Beach got hit really bad. So I guess it just depends on where you were. And it's almost like a block by block assessment uh, in terms of, you know, who got hit and who didn't get hit Uh, here at my home. I just had uh, a couple of three different fence panels came down on my wooden fence that I have around my backyard, but otherwise, um, really nothing. So, you know, I was blessed uh, to get through without any damage, but, uh, loving the weather right now and, uh, excited. Uh, the holidays are just around the corner. Well, we knew this was going to happen. The Jerry Falwell jr. Scandal. Um, we, we knew there was going to be more. There was always this, Idea that there was going to be a book or something come out later. The young man that was involved in this uh, situation with the Falwells, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, the allegation is and apparently this has been confirmed even by the Falwells that there was a sexual affair between Mrs. Falwell, Becky Falwell and a, a young man at a that worked at a Miami hotel and he was just in his early 20s. And there was a sexual affair, and then there are allegations that Jerry Falwell Jr. was uh, involved in this, was watching the sex. He denies that, his wife denies that. Uh, But in any case, this is all becoming a big uh, documentary expose that is being promoted now. The trailer is online for this, and uh, this is going to be on November the 1st, so in two weeks This will be coming out on Hulu. And look, nobody's perfect, but I have to tell you, it is crazy, these sexual scandals that continue to hit these high-profiled Christian leaders. And when you look at Jerry Falwell, the father, and his really his mark on the culture was the, the, the moral majority, remember that? And uh, he was the one that brought down Jim Baker for Jim Baker's uh, sexual uh, escapades with Jessica Hahn. And now his own son is wrapped up in this sordid affair. And it's all going to be uh, an expose, a a big uh, documentary that's coming out on November 1st on Hulu. And obviously people are going to watch this. I know, I know I'm going to watch it just because I want to, you know, this is kind of my news beat, right? It's. A Christian leader. And we talk about those kind of things here on the show. But, you know, the sad thing is that some people will now use Jerry Falwell Jr.'s uh, failure to reject Christ. And that's always what concerns me most about these stories. And I always tell people that are looking at these kind of situations in that way, don't look at Christians. Don't look at me don't look at Jim Baker. Don't look at Jerry Falwell Jr. Look to Christ for the example of what uh, this life, this this Christian life is supposed to be. Because all of us, including yours truly, have fallen short, are sinners. Uh, I don't live a perfect life. I don't want anyone to hold me to that standard of living a perfect life. I'm not in any way excusing or apologizing for the behavior of Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife, Becky, Um, However, it is really a mistake on so many levels to look at Christian leaders and make a decision about Christianity. Uh, C.S. Lewis, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, said in one of his books, when people talk about Christians and being hypocrites and all that, he said, yes, but imagine how much worse those people would be if they weren't at least trying to live up to some kind of a standard. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. I don't have the exact quote, but the idea is this. I mean, obviously as Christians, we want to live up to this standard, but sometimes we don't. And that's because we're imperfect human beings. We're sinners and people that are looking at us, especially that are Christian leaders and looking for us to be perfect Christians, living the perfect Christian life are going to be disappointed every time. And then Especially, you know, in situations like this, um, you're going to be hugely disappointed in a Jerry Falwell Jr. And of course, they're going to get into in the movie his connection with Trump and all of that. And it's going to get political and his endorsement of Trump and on and on and on. But, uh, uh, you know, if you look at just basic things like divorce, it seems like within the Christian community, just as many people get divorces as in the non-Christian community and throw me into that statistic because I was married for 35 years and uh, my wife is divorcing me. So some people would look at me and say, Jim Paris, you're a hypocrite. You're not living up to the standard. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's a dangerous way to look at things, but at the same time, I believe leaders are called to a higher standard. If you are a, a pastor Uh, president of a Christian university, those kinds of things. I believe you're called to a higher standard. And uh, this whole situation of Jerry Fall and his wife and the 20-year-old and Miami pool boy and on and on and on, man, this is going to be a black eye for Christianity. And that is coming in a couple of weeks. So former president Donald Trump has been subpoenaed uh, by the January 6th committee, the so-called January 6th committee that was investigating The uh, the quote unquote insurrection that happened on January 6th. And just to recap, and we've said it on this show before, I in no way uh, support the people that went into the Capitol, that uh, assaulted police officers, that spray painted, that vandalized, that were violent. We don't support any of that here. And those people should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But there were thousands of people. That were just protesting. And so you've got, you know, kind of, you know, this small group that that got out of control. And now the the whole narrative is that Trump supposedly orchestrated um, the violence, the the vandalism, um, those kinds of things. And so he's being dragged in. And so the question now is, what would happen if Trump refused to appear before Congress? If he refused to testify, what would they do? Uh, would they try to, um, you know, cite him for contempt of Congress, have him taken away in handcuffs like they've done to some of his uh, supporters? Um, it'll be interesting to watch. But obviously, this is political theater all getting fired up and geared up for the uh, presidential uh, election cycle, which should probably start here anytime. time. Uh, typically, it doesn't start until the January of the year before. But a lot of things I'm reading are saying that Trump is going to uh, get his campaign going early. So Social Security did their their COLA, their cost of living adjustment, and it's the highest it's been in decades. Eight point seven percent is the increase that people are going to get. And typically, just if you're not familiar with this, uh, people on Social Security, um, they get this adjustment every year and it's usually like one or two percent. It's usually kind of a little meaningless adjustment, but this is pretty substantial, right? Almost 9% boost in your social security check, which is really probably needed, right? Because of the cost of gas, the cost of food, uh, everything has gone up. And so people need this extra money. Um, But what is uh, problematic about this is it's probably just going to feed inflation, right? Because it's just putting more money out there. Uh, For people to spend and just like the stimulus money, it's going to have its effect on inflation. And I don't know what the answer is. It seems like the Fed is doing no good. They're just raising rates, raising rates, probably end up driving us into a recession. Uh, But this is not just limited uh, to here in the United States. Uh, I saw an article today that uh, people in Paris, France are protesting uh, due to soaring prices there. And what people are facing overseas is much worse than what's happening here in the United States. Just take, for example, the cost of heating their homes. Uh, Some of them are paying, you know, anywhere from five to seven times higher cost for heating their homes than they were just a handful of years ago. Uh, and, And if you've ever been over to Europe, you'll know that the price of gas for, you know, driving a car is is substantially higher than it is here in the United States. So you can just imagine what they're dealing with and their food prices are going up as well. Uh, and so uh, the people are um, going to the streets in Paris, France protesting this, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the fed uh, is looking at uh, these big three quarter percent uh, increases. We've got, you know, mortgage rates, uh, the highest level people have seen uh, in, in years It's already starting to impact the housing market. Rents are going up. Uh, I posted on my Facebook page asking people, what are you doing to try and combat these higher prices? And one of the things I'm trying to do is be a little bit more careful at the grocery store. And it's for me, being that I live by myself now, it's kind of hard to cook for just one person. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm trying to think in terms of Uh, What can I make that might be like three or four meals? So if I buy like one large chuck roast, can I cook that? And then that can be like three or four different meals for me. So I try to shop that way. And then I'm also getting better at freezing food. So when I make a large amount of something like I did this uh, about a week ago, I made some, I made a big thing of, of pasta And what I did was I knew it was too much. I mean, there was no way, even if I ate it every meal for three days, I would still have leftovers. So I went ahead and took half of it, put into a Ziploc bag, put into the freezer and I froze it. And, um, you know, that's probably something I'm going to thaw out and eat um, a little bit later this week. So people are trying to figure out, you know, what do we, what do we do to cut back? Especially if you have a family trying to feed, you know, five people every day. You've got to provide you know, breakfast, uh, pack lunches. You've got to have dinners for five people. And if you've got teenagers, especially teenage uh, young men, it's co- it costs a lot of money uh, to fill those bellies. And so how do you do it? I'm hearing uh, a lot of people saying they're going to Aldi. And I love Aldi. We actually have two Aldi stores here in Palm Coast. Um, unfortunately for me, I, I tend to just shop at the grocery store that's right by my house because it is convenient. But it's a little bit expensive. It's Publix and I love Publix. It's a nice store and people are super nice there. But the prices are, you know, when you get over to Aldi, you can get a lot more for your money. So I'm thinking maybe I need to at least get over to Aldi like once every couple weeks to maybe buy my meat. And then I can just go to my local Publix to get the, you know, the produce and the the smaller kind of everyday things. But uh, people are doing lots of things. We're hearing more about carpooling. Uh, people, you know, sharing rides, uh, people uh, switching their jobs to get remote jobs so they don't have to commute. I can't even imagine what it would cost if, you know, you're living in a big city like Chicago or New York or Los Angeles and you have to drive into work. And maybe you've got a 45 minute commute each way. I can't even imagine how many hundreds of dollars you're spending per month on gas. Well, <laughs> this was hilarious. Kind of the headline of the week. Uh, President Biden said on Saturday, quote, the economy is as strong as hell. End quote. That's kind of a, a Bidenism. That's kind of how he talks. His his kind of street talk. Like, hey man, the economy is as strong as hell. And I I just I don't know uh, about Biden. I mean, obviously there's some um, issues there. <laughs> there's there's some uh, cognitive issues there. But I don't know if this guy is just completely detached from reality. And uh, there's still some buzz that maybe Biden is going to go for another term, which is kind of hard to believe or even process. But that's what I'm hearing. I made a little bit of a faux pas earlier in the week when I announced on a radio appearance that the student loan forgiveness paperwork was now available at the U.S. Department of Education website. It turns out that what was announced is a preview Of the paperwork from the White House, the actual paperwork, the forms online for the student loan forgiveness are not quite available yet. And we're we're supposed to we're supposed to get those mid-October. So that's right now. But as anything, the government uh, predicts or projects, it's running late. They're talking about more closer to the end of October that we're going to see that on the U S department of education website. And the reason why this is important, um, and we're not going to get into tonight, all of the details of the student loan forgiveness. I've covered that over and over and over again, but the student loan payments have been on forbearance. I believe we're on our seventh or eighth forbearance where the payments have been suspended because of COVID and all of that. And so some people have had like a couple of years off from paying their student loan payments, Well, those payments are to begin back again in January. And for a lot of people, it's big money. It's like, you know, 500, 600 bucks a month. I mean, payment is substantial. And if you don't get your student loan forgiveness paperwork in right away, once it becomes available at the end of October, uh, it'll take like six or eight weeks to process it. So if you want to avoid that payment in January, You got to get into that portal right away once that paperwork becomes available, which will probably be in a couple of weeks. So look for that. One shortcut I've been recommending to people is go over to the U.S. Department of Education website and get put on their email list. And that way you'll be notified. You'll be one of the first to know that the paperwork is available in the portal for the student loan forgiveness. Well, the Centers for Disease Control is warning of a potentially severe flu season this year. And uh, as we know, during COVID, it was like the flu kind of disappeared, right? It was almost like they weren't showing any statistics really of much for the flu and everything was attributed to COVID. So it looks like the flu is coming back. And I know a lot of people that have been sick. I was sick for about a couple of weeks I didn't really make a big a big deal out of it. I uh, slept a little bit more. I still kept up my work schedule. I still kept doing this show. I didn't really make a big deal out of it, but I was struggling for a couple of weeks and just got over it uh, maybe two or three days ago. And uh, I have family members uh, that have been sick. I know uh, neighbors that have been sick, and it's kind of the same symptoms. People are talking. In my case, I had, I had sore throat. I had congestion. I had uh, body aches. Um, I almost felt like I had rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. And this went on for a couple of weeks. And I know others with the same symptoms. Uh, I don't think I had COVID because I didn't have a fever. But who knows? Some people are saying they're having repeat episodes of COVID. So I was never, ever officially diagnosed as having COVID. I did get the vaccine. Not that that necessarily would stop you from getting COVID, um, but a lot of people are having um, uh, you know something is going around, whether it's the flu or COVID or something, but a lot of people are sick. So NBC News published an article that is warning about the 2-1 mortgage buy down. And again, as I've said before, it's really a shame that these news organizations, they don't really know what they're talking about. So what happens is you have these financial journalists who have a journalism background, not a financial background. And then they start writing articles about these topics, which they know a little bit about. And they, they just provide like almost an entirely false narrative. So, so what, what is a two, one buy down with a mortgage? A lot of people know I'm in back in the mortgage business again. So what are we talking about? What we're talking about is that the seller, uh, this is how it's typically structured. The seller will pay some money towards closing costs. Um, it's typically about two and a half to 3% that they will pay as seller concessions where they're paying instead of discounting the house, they're going to give a little bit of money to the closing table towards closing costs, maybe somewhere about two and a half three 3%. And then what that money is used for is it reduces the mortgage payment in the first year. Your payment is based on a rate that's 2% less than the current, Uh, rate, the current payment would be based on the current rate. So you get like a a smaller payment in year one. And then in year two, the payment is based on 1% less than what the mortgage rate is. So it steps up a little bit. And then in year three, you go back to the full payment and people are comparing this to the danger of 2008 and these um, adjustable rate mortgages, which there's so many things wrong with that comparison that they don't even talk about in the article, which is why these articles are almost dangerous to read because they're just not giving you the full story. So back in 2008 and and, and before that, these, the arms, the adjustable rate mortgages, the reason why those were so dangerous was people could qualify for the loan based on the lower interest rate. So their starting rate for the first two years or three years, they would qualify based on that under the two one arm. You qualify based on the actual full rate, even though you get a lower payment the first couple of years with the two one buy down, you still have to qualify based on the full rate. So that's, you know, the, the, the one big difference. Another thing too, is there's not, such a substantial, uh, difference. I mean, you know, going in on a two, one buy down, you know, that in two years, your rate is going to be based on 2% higher than what you're paying in the first year. You know, that going in, what happened with the adjustable rate mortgages back in the two thousands was people might've had like a, I don't know, throw out some numbers, like maybe they started with a 4% rate and then they ended up, you know, four five, six years into it. Uh, with a rate that was maybe, you know, eight, nine percent. Uh, so rates went up, you know, substantially higher. It, it, this is not that. I mean, this is a tiny difference. It, it is a great option for people who are expecting their income to go up in the next year or two to be able to get into a home and be able to have the lower payment for the first couple of years. And it's not the same as 2008 and and earlier. It's not the same as an arm. I don't believe the risk is anywhere, even in the ballpark of what was going on in the 2000s. And I was in the mortgage industry back then. And I know a lot of people lost their houses because of the A, the adjustable rate mortgages, the arms. Um, But that's a whole different deal, a whole different deal and a lot of differences in what's going on with the two one arm, which I think is still a great option right now for people that want to make a house affordable and kind of want to grow into a payment. Uh, and, and you still have to qualify. You still have to meet the debt ratio and the income and all that has to be qualified based on the full interest rate. So even though you're going to get the lower payment, the first couple of years, you still must qualify based on what the actual payment will be. And these are fixed rate loans uh, that people are getting into and the rate after the, you know, the, the one, the two, one goes away. Uh, you're going to end up uh, with a fixed rate, you know, for the 30 years. So uh, it it is nothing like the arms back in 2008. Okay. There is an opportunity that people are looking to that is a good alternative to the stock market. And people are uh, starting to, to really embrace the idea of investing in short term rental properties. And uh, we can talk about Airbnb or VRBO Um, There are a number of these different companies where you can go on vacation. Instead of staying in a hotel, you stay in a nice condo or or, you know, um, or a single family home uh, in, in a resort area, in a beach area. And so people are buying these single family homes, condo units, these kinds of properties with the purpose of renting these out under short term rentals. And it is incredible the cash flow people are getting in some areas like where I live in Palm Coast, people are able to rent out a single family home uh, is for as much as 500 a night and they're getting 80% occupancy. And this is because, you know, we're near the beach and all of that and we're not terribly far from Disney and so forth. So if you find the right area and uh, you get into one of these properties, you can use what's called a DSCR loan. Uh, That stands for Debt Service Coverage Ratio. And these kind of loans, they require about a 15 to 20% down payment. But um, what's interesting is you qualify for the loan, not based on your personal income, but based on the projected income from the property. And if it's a property that is set up for the short-term rentals, the, like the Airbnb game, um, these, these short-term VRBO type companies, they'll give you the income projection based on that. And then you can easily qualify for these loans. And you're talking about if you get, you know, $500 a night, you're talking about a single family house bringing in an income, you know, twelve dollars to $15,000. And I know there are fees to the rental company uh, to manage it and all of that. But still, I mean, you're talking about tremendous cash flow, tremendous income opportunity uh, from these kind of properties. And a lot of people are looking to shift money. That's in the stock market over to these kind of deals and then leverage themselves by borrowing, uh, getting these, you know, 80 percent, 85 percent loans and being able to take advantage of these high short term uh, rental rates. So the company beyond meat, do you remember when this was going on, when everybody was interested in these meat substitutes where the narrative was we were no longer going to have meat, uh, ground beef was going to disappear and people were going to be having this plant-based protein that would taste almost like beef and we were going to have that in place of beef and this was going to be the next big thing well it turns out that it might have been just a fad uh, because beyond meat has cut 19 percent of its workforce and it's just not catching on we're just not finding that uh everybody has the plant-based burger as we thought was going to happen And it's just not as popular as it was uh, a couple of years ago. So that may just kind of go down in history, like the hula hoop, the idea that we're going to get rid of beef and we're going to go with uh, uh, the plant based protein burgers. Some places still have them. Um, I know at Starbucks, when I go up to Starbucks, you can get a a plant based um, like a sausage sandwich. Um, I think there's something at Burger King you can still get, but uh, it, it just never caught on. never caught fire and a lot of people invested money into Beyond Meat thinking like, hey, this is the next big thing, but maybe it's not. Well, people are now buying hearing aids without a prescription and it's bringing prices down. They're they're saying the the headline is that uh, hearing aids are going retail. So instead of having to go in to an audiologist's office and be tested and pay all that money. And also then get a prescription and get a medical uh, grade hearing aid, which I don't know how much hearing aids cost, but um, they're probably expensive. (laughs) I I hear they're expensive. I don't know if they're thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars. I know there's insurance that you, you know, your insurance can pay for some of that uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, people are now just doing this on their own. They're testing their own hearing. They're ordering hearing aids. And I find it interesting uh, and I'm wondering, I know this is already happening to some degree with eyeglasses that there's a device you can get on Amazon where you can actually test your own eyesight and then order your own glasses without ever going to the eye doctor. I mean, there's obviously other reasons you'd go to your eye doctor to get an eye exam to make sure you don't have a problem with your eye that, that you can maybe deal with before it gets too serious Uh, But I wonder if this trend, as it's happened with glasses, which has taken off with people just buying their glasses online. uh, And now you don't even need a prescription, uh, apparently, to get a lot of these hearing aids. So that's a new trend. Toys R Us, which uh, years ago went bankrupt, is uh, coming back. So the story here says Toys R Us launches a 451-store revival in macy's locations ahead of the holiday season so i don't understand this completely but apparently there's some kind of a partnership between macy's and toys r us and you know macy's has closed a lot of locations so i guess what's happening is that toys r us is taking over some of these locations and i always love going to toys r us with my kids And uh, I'm a big kid, so I'd love going because I'd like playing around with the remote control stuff and looking at what they had. And maybe, uh, you know, I'd buy my son. Let's get a model rocket to build or something. And, you know, I would uh, you know, it wouldn't be for him, but it would be for me. Right. But I would use him as the excuse uh, to buy it. But uh, I don't know. A lot of people have have just shifted over to buying all their Christmas toys for the kids and the grandkids on the Internet, Amazon and all that. Uh, Walmart has a pretty good toy section, but there was nothing like Toys R Us getting to go to Toys R Us and just walk around and look at all the cool toys and try stuff out. And, uh, I'm happy to see this. Uh, Toys R Us was an institution. I love to go there with my kids and it looks like Toys R Us is making some kind of a comeback here. Well, airline ticket prices are expected to be 55% higher, uh, this holiday season than they were last year. 55% higher. Well, everything's higher, right? And baked into that is obviously the, you know, cost of jet fuel and everything else. But uh it's gonna be a mess probably flying this year with all of the delayed flights and the they can't get pilots and they can't get flight attendants and on and on and on. And I don't know. Uh I would not want to be someone that has to fly this holiday season. I'm not planning on flying. Um, I was thinking about going to Seoul, Korea for the holidays, but my plans have changed and I'm just looking forward to a quiet Christmas here in Florida. And then we'll close it out with this. uh, A warning to Amazon customers of scam text messages trying to steal personal and bank details. So this is something we've been talking about on the show now for years that where the scams have moved to, it seems like they've moved away from email. Because people are smart enough now to know, you get an email, you don't believe that it's true, you just go to your bank account and check it. You don't click on any links on the text. You get to a fake website, not website, but I'm not going to click on this. Targeting Amazon. Jim at ChristianMoney.com. Follow me on social media. All of my social media, I use James L. Paris. My books are available in Amazon using that same name, James L. Paris. I'm also on Twitter, James L. Paris. Or you can private message me through my Facebook. Thanks so much for watching. Remember, as always, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.